into the Molar Football Podcast with Coach Mark Elder. I'm Richard Skinner. Thanks for being with us as we get set for week one of the high school football season. Molar will travel to Columbus to take on Bishop Hartley. We'll talk about Bishop Hartley coming up in segment two. But, Coach, before we get to some stuff here in segment one, um, as this offseason has progressed, this strange offseason, how did you, I guess, keep players, coaches, yourself motivated to keep moving forward when, you, when it it seemed like we were never going to know if and when and where and how this season was, was going to start? Uh, yeah, I mean, we just kept taking it day by day and, and uh, kept getting word that that there was going to be a season, and, and obviously nobody knew that. Um, my biggest scare actually happened late. I thought for a long time we would, we would, we would, and then when the Big Ten said that they weren't, that that made me really question at that time, uh-oh, is this thing going to happen or not? So that was my biggest concern was was right then when they uh, said that, that there wasn't going to be a season for them because there's a lot of money involved in that, and uh, obviously that plays a big part. So if the Big Ten and uh, they decided they weren't going to, I was wondering if we were. But I also think that there's there's less leeway with, with what's happening in high school because you can't say, hey, you get an extra year of eligibility. Right. I mean, you just – people move on. So uh, I think that there was a lot of um, support for – the season to occur in some way, shape, or form, and and so I I'm excited. I think it's great for our guys that they have the opportunity to go out there and compete. Uh, we're trying to do it safely so that uh, it's not going to negatively affect people, but um, we're, we're certainly excited and ready to go. And, and I think everybody took the same approach. We just went day by day and and uh, believed that it was going to happen and had faith that it was going to happen for us this fall. And and uh, we were preparing accordingly. Yeah, I think the last time we talked was a couple of months ago. It, just right after I think the conditioning process was allowed to begin. And we talked about, you know, how good it was for the kids to be around each other, coaches to be around kids, vice versa, just to kind of get out of the house because we'd all been cooped up for so long. How did you see the reaction of the players as kind of this this offseason progressed and maybe whatever your camp was that progressed that that, uh, was the attitude for them, just kind of what the kid's attitude is? I show up, my coach tells me what to do at practice, I do it, I go back home, I come back and do it the next day. Or did you see at times where maybe some of this started to affect the kids? kids at all. Uh, I really didn't, and, that's, that's and that incredible. was a, a positive. Because, uh, but I was pretty frank with the guys. I said, "Listen, if at any point in time I, I don't think we're going to play ball, we're, we're going to we're going to stop doing this." You know, I mean, like there's no reason for us. I'm not going to go out there and put kids in harm's way, uh, potentially getting injured, and 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 having all this really really hard work and for being demanding for nothing. Right. Yeah, I mean, at, if I had felt that this may not happen. Um, I would have pulled back. And that was the, there was probably only about a 48 hour period where I started to really ask a lot of questions of like, Hey, is this going to happen? When, as I said, when the big 10 was pulling back, but, um, uh, other than that, I mean, I, I think the kids believe what I said, and that was, hey, we're preparing for a season, and and because you know we're not not just doing it because we we want to prepare. I mean, we want to play, and we think we will. So the kids, I mean, they just kept every day showing up and and doing what we were asking. They've been a pleasure to coach, and and uh, yeah, we can't wait to actually play somebody different. It's been, I mean. It's been a long time playing each other. No doubt. Uh, so no we're doubt. excited to see a different no, color. No scrimmage, no nothing. So That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. It makes it tough. And we and I think we talked about it last time. When we when the scrimmages got dropped, we did pull back a little bit. Um, just because I felt like y- you can go a million miles an hour for a little bit longer when the light at the end of the tunnel's uh, a little closer. But then when they, they cut those scrimmages back to have a full-length day where you're going in the morning and then – you have a break for lunch and you come back in the afternoon and you're going to do that for three weeks or more. 
with no scrimmage against somebody else. It just felt like that was going to be too much. So we did condense that stuff a little bit to to just the one time frame, lengthen the practice a hair bit. But um thought that was good. But other than that, I mean, the, the kids have been been great and, and you're showing up every day and we've we've been pretty steady on what we're doing. New head coach, obviously some new coaches and some coaches in different roles, all of that stuff. Um, were you able to get stuff installed that you wanted? Were you on schedule with all of the stuff you wanted to install? And I guess, unlike the NFL, which I cover, um, they've had to go through a very you know tight window of trying to do some live stuff with install. For you guys, at least, there was some level of normalcy to get stuff done as you went through the summer. Some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, I guess here, here's the thing. I, I don't know what normalcy is. Yeah. This is this is abnormal for me, period. I mean, if... if COVID wasn't here, this would have been abnormal for me because I've, again, the last 20 years, I haven't been doing it at this level with with these, uh, whatever the rules are at this right. level. So, um, and I didn't know how much scheme we could do, if we could do the same, more or less, whatever that it might have been. Um, you know, we had a plan and, and, you know, we had to vary it just a little bit here or there. I mean, and I think that that's a normal normal situation. Sure. It doesn't matter if you got a veteran roster coming back in college, um, and for whatever reason, if if uh, you're having a bunch of MAs, sometimes you'll pull back. Or if if like it's been clean as clean could be, you might say, "Hey, I think we could add another uh, another piece of the puzzle on day three or four or five, whatever it might be." So uh, we had an initial plan, and and we didn't have to vary too much from it, which was good to see. Uh, it took us a little while to pick it all up, and uh, I think that we've picked up our scheme fairly well. And and um, I mean, we're still a work in progress. Uh, we're still getting to where we want to get to. Uh, we got a long, long ways to go, but um, the guy have been uh, a pleasure to coach and have really uh, tried to do what we've been asking them to do. This was a Mueller team last year that really struggled to run the football, less than 1,000 yards total for the whole season, less than four yards of carry, which at the high school level is is really ineffective. What do you think you can do running the football this year and, and, and some things that you think you can do to maybe improve on that? And, and has it been a point of emphasis? Yeah, absolutely. We want to run the football. Um you know, I, I do believe that that the game is is won or lost in the trenches. You know, and because uh, all that other, if you can't run the football, all that other stuff and all the space and that stuff is is fine and dandy. But um, you, you need to be able to run the football. If you want to be a really good team, uh, you you also need to be able to run the football when they know you're going to do right, it. Right. Um, that's just a reality of it. So uh, you can be a good team by by being able to run the football. But to be really good, um, you know, my mom has to be up in the stand saying it's going to be a run here, and you still do it. And you do third, it third and two nine in the box, and here we come. That's right. Yeah, exactly right. So uh, it's been a, a point of emphasis. It's certainly something that that uh, we want to be able to do and do it when we want to do it, how we want to do it. Uh, and, and I think that we're going to be able to. I think we've got a lot of guys coming back up front uh, that were a year ago, maybe just a little bit young. Uh, but I think we've got a lot of experience up front with our offensive line. We've had competition there for time. Uh, we've got you know a couple tight ends that we feel good about running the football behind, and and we, we've got a really deep backfield, which which is uh, it has its own elements of of issues of you know trying to get guys in rhythms and and trying to keep everybody happy that's capable. But I think that we're going to be able to do that. Obviously, last year was kind of a revolving door at quarterback. I think three or four different guys got snaps, maybe even five, when you when you when you say actually snaps, and and that's a lot in a ten game season. Uh, have you settled on one? Are you you going with multiple guys, or, or where, where are you at with that? And maybe is that a work in progress? 
Uh, well, TJ is is our quarterback. Um, he's our starter, and and uh, we've got a lot of confidence in him. He's he's had a really nice camp. Um, you know, preseason, all those things. He, he's got tremendous leadership capabilities and, and uh, tough as tough could be. And, and so he's our guy, but he's not the only one that we feel good about. Uh, we've got a number of other guys that we think are capable of, of playing for us if if something were to happen with TJ. But uh, but he's our guy at this point in time. Yep. Um, we're at that point in the year where, uh, where you get to choosing captains. How did you go about that? And, and who are the captains for 2020? Uh, I I do like to have the the players vote on who they want to to lead them. I think that's a a positive thing that the players get to vote on it and choose who they want to have. And um, I don't, I, you know, there's been years that I haven't done that. There's been years that I have. I typically like to name captains at the beginning of the year uh, if it feels like that's the right thing to do. Uh, you know, sometimes it hasn't been, and so we didn't. But this year felt like this would be a good a good time. I I wanted it to be late in the process as far as at really at the end of camp, um, just because I wanted to see how it developed. Yeah, and yeah. See, exactly. Yeah. See how it developed. There's going to be a lot of new expectations and see how people were going to uh, react to those things and and let their peers you know judge each other on that stuff. So we just did a vote and and. Um, you know, we handed out sheets of every guy that's that's uh, that's been at practices and things like that, and and said vote for. I can't remember what it was. I think it was vote for up to five guys. And at the end of the day, um, I didn't have a set number on on how many it was going to be. We just we see kinda, how the voting kind of turned yeah, out. Yeah, I think that's usually the best way to do it. Yeah. Of just kind of see where the separation is is, and if there's a cluster in a certain spot, those are the guys that that their peers wanted to to have lead them this year. And and so uh, we ended up with with a cluster of four guys at the top. With we already talked about uh, TJ being one of them. Uh, Deuce Shaw, linebacker, senior. He's had a really really nice off season in camp. Uh, Nate Pabst, who again has had a, a great offseason and, and a great camp, and Freddie Sturgis, offensive lineman, um, those four guys. So it just played out that way that it was two guys on offense, yeah. two guys on defense. Perfect and, symmetry. Yeah, we, I didn't didn't say, hey, certain number of offensive guys right. to vote for, defensive guys or uh, juniors, sophomore, anybody could get a vote. Um, we did have some underclassmen that got some votes, but the, really those four guys were the ones that were up there. And, and I'll say this um, – it's a great honor to be voted captain, and, and those guys will do a, a great job in, in leading uh, themselves and then leading the team, uh, which I think is important. But I, I said this to the team prior to the voting, and I said it to them after uh, the voting when we were about to name who the guys were. Um, if those are the only four guys that do any leading, then we're going to have right. a long and, and poor season. But, but I think back to what you said, a good thing is you saw some underclassmen get votes. And that yeah. that's pretty good because usually those are the guys that defer to seniors. And seniors usually just by design take on leadership. But sure. you got to have some younger guys do it too. So that, that's probably a good sign to see some of those kids get votes. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, we did have some underclassmen that got some votes that will be leaders for us. We have other seniors that, right. are, that, are, um, that have a strong voice and, and do things the right way that that they also need to take leadership roles and, and, um, 
you know, because there's some guys that, that I think that weren't in that, that top four that certainly have a tremendous amount of respect from their peers that, that need to continue leading for us to have the season that we want to have. All right, we'll take a timeout. When we come back, we'll talk about week one opponent, Columbus Bishop Hartley. We'll talk about this strange six-game regular season and how to deal with that as we move on. It's the Muller Football Podcast with Coach Mark Elder. Stay with us from ESP Media. Abco Pavement Services, LLC, has been doing commercial asphalt, concrete, and ceiling work since 1962 in the tri-state area. Our valued customers include Home Depot, United Dairy Farmers, C.B. Richard Ellis, Town Properties, and Fifth Third Bank, to name a few. We strive to provide professional service, communication, and project management for all of your commercial concrete and pavement maintenance needs. Go Abco Pavement Services, and more importantly, let's go Big Mo. Get the skinny on Cincinnati sports with Richard Skinner only on Local12.com and the Local12 News app. Exclusive content, in-depth analysis, podcasts, and more. Cincinnati sports news 24-7. Get the skinny only on Local12.com and the Local12 News app. Welcome back into the Molar Football Podcast with Coach Mark Elder. I'm Richard Skinner, and we talk about week one traveling to Columbus to take on Bishop Hartley. It's a Bishop Hartley program that's pretty famous throughout the state of Ohio, multiple state championships, in fact, 15 and 16 back-to-back. They are Division Three, so there are a couple of divisions smaller, but sometimes that division thing, that dividing line can be very deceiving, as we've seen with LaSalle in Division Two being yeah. in the GCL South. A team that went 12-2 and last year, Coach, and uh, certainly, while it is a Division Three program by enrollment, it's it's a first class program overall. It's a good test for you guys to open up with. Oh, absolutely. Well, first of all, I'd like to say this: Brad Birchfield, who's the head football coach, there's a, a good friend. I, I um, have known him for a number of years now through recruiting, and um, I can't say enough about first of all the man he is. I, I think the world of Brad and. Uh, the coach that he is, I mean, he's done a remarkable job with that program there. There's no question about it. They are tough. They are physical. You watch them on film, and and uh, I, I don't know that their heights and their weights uh, correlate with how they're knocking people right. off the ball. I mean, it, it, they some of the guys, they, they look undersized, and you see them moving guys that are 300 pounds and knocking them back in the linebackers. I mean, they do a great job, and this is a tough physical football team that, that they're Winners, they know how to win. They've done it a bunch. Uh, they're coming off a 12 and two season where they were very, very successful. They and, and their loss in the playoffs was to a really good Trotwood Madison team. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, it's pretty, pretty darn good. I mean, there's no question about it. Um, you know, so. Uh, they, they've lost a handful of players, so there's some guys that are up in the air that we're not sure about. But I, I did stress to, the, to, to our team, I said, listen, this team, that, that's 12-2. and two, And there's no question about it. They're going to be, every guy in their program is going to be expecting to win this game. Don't think that we're rolling off the bus and because we're, we're Moeller and we're Division One means anything to these guys. They, this is going to be a game that they, they're excited because they're, they're, Division three that says, hey, guess what? We get to go right. beat up on a, a Division one Molar team is what they're saying, I'm sure. Um, and don't get confused about just because they have a little bit smaller enrollment. I said, uh, you know, LaSalle's Division two that they're pretty darn good. Yep. And, and I didn't bring this up to the team, but I remember it a handful of years ago. I think it was Cardinal Mooney up in, in Youngstown. They were like Division four, and, and I'm telling you, they would have beat every other school in the state of Ohio by 40 that year. They were so dominant. So just because uh, just because they're a little bit smaller as far as enrollment, that doesn't mean squat right. come Friday night. So uh, I think that they're a really good team. think they're really well coached. they got a couple really dynamic players. Number three kid is um, – 
At least that's what the number he wore last year. He, he's a, a talented kid. Yeah, I was gonna say, not to cut you off, but in terms of preparation, there's no there's no scrimmage film for either one of you. You can go back and look at some of the stuff last year. But how tough has that been from just a preparation standpoint? Is it more about you as opposed to scheming against them and probably vice versa? Yeah, I mean, you just try to go through. They got some highlight stuff on on uh, huddle and things along those lines. Um you know, Coach Birchfield and I had talked back and forth about potentially trading film. And um, frankly, I was like, well, you know, we've got more to lose on trading the film than, than they do. I mean, uh, their film is, is it is what it is. Unless I mean, they completely yeah, change scheme, they're, right? They're not changing their scheme. <laughs> right, they right. do what they do. They got a unique system offensively and, and been doing the same thing defensively. So I was like, hey, whereas we're a little bit more of a mystery, I, I said, I'm, I'm good on the, on the exchange. We'll, uh, I'd rather have it it'd be a little – our cards are hold, held to our chest on this one here because who knows what we're doing on offense and defense and, and teams. So uh, we can get some of their highlight stuff off of previous uh, – stuff that's up on huddle and, and kids highlights and all that type of stuff to have an idea what they're doing. But yeah, I, th- I think they've got a couple of really talented kids. The the number 30 kid, I think he's a real, real talented kid. Uh, the number three, unfortunately they're all one offensive tackle. I thought was a spectacular player. He, he, I was told has got cancer and is unable to play this year. It's a sad deal. Hopefully that's a, a one year deal for right. him. Um, but and then they got a defensive end that I think is really talented. Yeah, I think they've got a number of really talented guys. They did lose a, a good number of, of uh, experienced guys from a year ago, but um, I mean they're ten straight playoff appearances. Yeah, right. it's, they're multiple not, state champions. Yeah, and, and I mean, state runners up in there. So yes, th- this isn't a a one year program. This is a uh, they they just reload the shotgun and, and fire away year after year. Uh, wrap this up with this. It is a six-game regular season. Um, everybody's making the playoffs. So, in theory, the sense of urgency to earn points towards the Harbins to make the playoffs isn't there. But you only get six opportunities as well. And, and your players, well, a seventh because of the playoffs. And maybe yeah. an extra one depending on how things shake out. But it's, it's, it's a six-game regular season. Have you talked to your team in terms of, hey, not a lot of opportunities this year. Make the most of each and every one of them. As opposed to in years past, the sense of urgency is we need to win this game because we need these points to get in the playoffs. There's a different feeling towards that. But again, like I said, you only get six chances. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I no, I, I haven't addressed that at all. Um, and, and nor will I ever really talk about computer points or any of that. I mean, that's just, uh, listen, like today's Tuesday. We, we've got to go out and, and uh, our goal – are very short term and the only one that matters right now is is having the best Friday night that we can have and that's all that matters so uh, I don't get talk I mean I yes I've talked to schedule and, and I've talked probably a little bit more big picture than I than I will ever in yeah, yeah. ever again because uh, because there's so much up in the air because I didn't want our guys to lose track of that there are games um even though that schedule that I threw up once and then the second yes, one the yeah, third right. one they're all different and finally there is a final process to it hopefully, well, and as long as the Kentucky High School Athletic right. Association stays where it is Trinity's still in the schedule as we speak yeah I mean yeah. I thought it was right. a final deal and then right. yesterday I find out that like hey yeah. Trinity's up in the air but uh, those are not things that I'll normally talk about normally it's like hey we're, we're trying to prepare ourselves to have the best Friday night that we can have so yesterday what mattered was having a great Monday and that's it and then today what matters having a great Tuesday and 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 I know that that sounds a little bit coach talk but um I mean that's that's all that really matters is how we play this coming up weekend and, and in the grand scheme of things um even with all the computer points guess what we got a task at hand and and we just got to worry about that task and then move on and if we do that 
week after week, we'll it be in the right up. spot. Yeah, sure. we'll, we'll be where we need to be. Um, you know, and wins are wins, losses are losses, and we don't control anything except for the game that we play. So even in the future, when there's computer points, like talking about all that nonsense, no, hey guys, win Friday. Just just go on Friday. That's all we control. If we win Friday, we're in the best situation we can possibly be in. I don't even know exactly how the computer points work. I, I don't think margin matters at all. No. Uh, it's I, I believe it's just a win is a win, and then how your opponents did. Yeah, we don't control how our opponents do against other people. Let's go beat this team, whether it's by one or by hundred, doesn't matter. Let's go play the best we can play, and and then. Be ready to roll the next week. Now, the only other difference is, is that, yes, with the automatically making the playoffs, the, the slight difference is is that I do think that there is a a process of trying to be the best team that you can be then, in week seven. Right. That's the only difference because prior to that— um, There was and, a sense of urgency each week. Well, yes, and, and, and I would—even those things, I don't— I don't think players need to deal with that stuff. Like we will deal with that stuff as coaches. Like come, if we're ever so blessed to be in a great situation, that come week nine, um, we are an automatic lock. You know, no matter what happens in week ten, then what is what matters in week ten is is winning, but also being healthy and for week and, eleven. Yeah, for week eleven. I mean, so but those are things that I would never have a conversation with players about. We would just manage that with in house with the coaches and 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 try to keep that as discreet and, and so forth as we possibly could. Because that, that's that's what matters. So slight difference with the automatic birth, but um, other than that, no I mean I'll say this, we want to play past week seven, how are we play in the first Six weeks matters sure. too for our confidence. I mean, there's no question about that. So, um, there's a couple things, but but mainly it's like, hey, just, just have a great Tuesday and worry about that, and and that way will help us win on Friday. Bottom line is, we get a Friday, and that's that's, right. that's the uh, that's the that's the thing that maybe we didn't think was going to happen four, five, six weeks ago, but we do get a Friday, and hopefully at the end of the day, we get six Fridays and multiple Fridays, and yeah. we can move on. Mark, Absolutely. I appreciate the time. Good yeah. stuff. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, we'll have that broadcast for you as well. Moeller taking on Columbus Bishop Hartley right here on ESP Media on Friday night. For the head coach, Mark Elder, I'm Richard Skinner. Thanks for being with us. It's the Moeller Football Podcast.